And now may the words of my lips and the meditation of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> I promise I'll get um, this banner sort of pulled back a little bit for next time. It's an incentive to come next week. So have you ex ever experienced an event in a particular way and the person right next to you experienced it in a completely different way? Uh, same experience, different response. Uh, for example, when you've taken the kids out for a picnic and it rains, uh, that's probably happened to us all, either as a child or as a parent. But some people become frustrated and angry. How dare the weather spoil our day and they pack up and go home in a huff. And yet another person sees this as an opportunity to teach their children about resilience and find other ways to enjoy the wet weather. They put on their raincoats, find shelter, and carry on with their picnic. Same situation, different response. This morning's gospel reading is about an event that happened when Jesus was traveling toward Jerusalem in the territory between Galilee and Samaria. Uh, he healed 10 lepers, but only one came back to give thanks. Same experience, different response. Here's the background. Um, you probably know all of this, but it's good to have a quick summary. In ancient times, without medical knowledge such as we have today, people uh, developed skin conditions such as eczema, psoriasis, and leprosy were especially vulnerable. If you developed a rash, you were sent out of the community to live with others on the fringe of society. And that word leprosy covers a whole range of skin conditions, not just what we would call um, the medical condition today of, of leprosy. So it was a whole range of skin conditions. And being an outcast in this way was a terrible uh, kind of existence. It was kind of like a living death. You were richly unclean and could not take part in village life or any celebrations or any religious festivals at all. You were not allowed to get closer than 50 paces to another person and had to call out the word unclean if you came close to a village. Imagine what that must have been like. Imagine the physical and psychological suffering uh, they mu must have endured day after day, long year after long year. And as Jesus entered this particular village, 10 lepers began calling out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They knew his name, so perhaps had some idea of what Jesus could do for them. Uh, but it's interesting that they didn't ask for healing. They'd perhaps long abandoned that hope. Uh, they just wanted mercy. In fact, have mercy on us sounds more like a desperate prayer of last resort. Have mercy on us. And so Jesus simply commanded them to go to the priest and according to the process laid down in the law, uh, show themselves healed and received uh, official verification that this was so, and permission to re-enter the life of the community. And as they followed through with Jesus' command, they found themselves to be healed. It actually says that they were made clean, uh, which is a way of emphasizing that they experienced not only physical healing, but a kind of social and spiritual healing as well, because they would have been allowed to reintegrate into society. So far, so predictable. Um, people in need call out to Jesus. Jesus heals them. Of course he does. But this is where it gets interesting. First of all, 
Notice that all ten were healed as they obeyed Jesus' command to go to the priest. This really is a case of all ten lepers believing in Jesus, obeying his command and putting their faith into practice. Because it was as they went that they were made clean. They acted before there was tangible evidence. However, one of them, upon realizing that their skin was now healed, turned back and came to Jesus. Now, the word for turn back is hupostrephane, which is one of Luke's favorite words. He uses it 21 times in his gospel. And he invariably uses it to mean being converted to faith in God. To turn back means to turn back to God in faith. And what does he do? It says he praised God with a loud voice and prostrated himself before Jesus and thanked him. Now, again, the word for prostrate is another favorite of Luke's words, and he uses it 10 times uh, for those sitting or falling at Jesus' feet. Now, in the Old Testament, people invariably prostrated themselves either before an altar of the Lord or before a king. But here we have a person prostrating himself before Jesus, and at the same time, he is praising God. And so the reverence and praise usually reserved for God alone is here being directed toward Jesus. Luke is saying that we are in the presence of someone who heals and who receives the kind of response that only belongs to God. And it begs the question, who is this person who has come among us? He fits none of our usual categories. This must be cause for our deepest curiosity and reflection. But more than that, it turns out that the man is a Samaritan. Now, why is this significant? The Samaritans lived in the area that today we would call the West Bank. This area had been the home of the ten northern tribes of Israel that had been overrun by the Assyrians in the 8th century BC. The people had been taken away and exiled and really ceased to exist as a distinct group. Into the void that was left, a range of peoples had settled and had set up a rival temple on Mount Gerizim. So the Samaritans were close neighbors of the Jewish people. They had a similar but distinct culture and religion, and they had their own temple. And the Jews despised them, not because they were godless idol worshippers, such as were all the other nations around them, but because they were considered apostate. In other words, the Jews believed that they had practiced Judaism in the past, but had departed from the true faith. And as we know, there's only one person worse than an enemy, and that is an enemy who used to be a friend. And they live right next door, under the noses of the Jewish people, and it was like the simmering feud between the Hadfields and the McCoys in 1880s America. And so the unstated implication here is that the Samaritan returned, but the other nine were Jews, and they did not return. It doesn't say so explicitly, but when you look at what Jesus says, it seems to imply that. Same experience, different response. But the main point is that the one who is the double outsider, a Samaritan and a leper, 
is the one who returns to give thanks. And just like the parable of the Good Samaritan uh, in Luke 10, this is something that was deeply shocking at the time. And it was because the Jews, well, not all of them, but on the whole, and this was Jesus' main complaint against the Jewish leadership, the Jews felt entitled, that they felt that on account of their piety and their religious practice, that they were put right with God. They felt that they were the chosen. Well, they were. But they felt their, their status of being elect kind of drew them into themselves. And so instead of being elect to be a light to the nations, which was part of their vocation, it kind of had turned inwards, especially in the centuries before Jesus. The outcasts, of course, uh, assumed no such thing. They didn't think they were elect or special in any way. The sinners, as it were, the foreigners, the outcasts, the unclean, the needy, all eagerly came to Jesus. And so the paradox is this. The foreigner returned to give praise to God, but the nine Jews did not. And the word Jew, its etymology, is from Judah which is a word meaning praise. The nine insiders did not give their praise to God, and they should really have known better, but the one outsider did give praise to God. There's a certain paradox in this. So really, this event is not so much about a healing, that's of course important, but it's more about a response to a healing. All ten were healed, but only one returned to give thanks. Same experience, different response. And here's the key. It says that all ten were made clean. But what does Jesus say to the Samaritan in verse 19? He says, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Greek word for made you well is sozane, which is often translated saved. Your faith has saved you. So ten were cleansed, but only one was saved. You see, we can all have an encounter with God. We can all have an experience of prayer. And the statistics um, show that many people, a huge proportion of the population, have these kinds of spiritual encounters from time to time. People may receive a blessing from God or even feel the reality of God. But that does not automatically translate into a saving faith in God. Many can even hear the gospel of Jesus Christ articulated very clearly and even feel moved by the good news that there is a God, that although we exist as a tiny dot in the infinity of space, there is still a reason for our existence and that there is hope for the future. They can feel moved but not act on it. They may even receive tangible evidence that there is a God. And certainly the nine lepers, the evidence was in their own bodies. But this doesn't necessarily translate into conversion and a saving faith in Jesus Christ. So my question this morning is as follows. Where are you in the story? Are you the one of the, one of the nine? Or the Samaritan? Or someone else? And if you feel you have encountered God and have turned to God and you have given Jesus Christ your allegiance and your worship 
my question then becomes, is your life then marked by praise and thanksgiving to God? Because a life of joy and praise and thanksgiving and a sense of gratitude is a sure sign that you have indeed encountered God and have been saved by God. So, let us be a people who are full of gratitude. And I quote now from N.T. Wright, who said, For God is the giver of all good things, every mouthful of food we eat, every breath of air we inhale, every note of music we hear, every smile on the face of a friend, a child, a spouse, all that and a million other things are good gifts from God's generous hand. Even rain on our picnic. That wasn't N.T. right, that was me there at the end. <laughs> Amen.